We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're here. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here with the old man, Andreas Hale. It is an eventful episode, to say the least. Got some breaking news in the MMA world before we jumped on the podcast. So, of course, we're going to open up with that. But give us a second to get into that. We'll also give predictions for UFC 266, the Anthony Joshua versus Alexander Usyk fight that's going on. And we'll talk about AW Grand Slam, Raw, WWE Extreme Rules, all of that good stuff, all on this one show, jam-packed. But, Dre, we have to start off with, we're making some changes to the Corner Podcast. And I think people are going to like it. Let the people know what's changing uh, for us going forward. Well, I don't think everybody's going to like it, but uh, we are going to two shows a week. Uh, we'll be recording out of the Wind Studios, uh, the Blue Wire Studios at the Wind, uh, on Sundays and midweek, I believe Thursday. One show will be dedicated to boxing, and one show will be dedicated to pro wrestling. Uh, well, there'll be a visual aspect of it. Tonight, you guys get to watch us talk our shit, and we'll start having more guests. Uh, we'll bring guests through to talk boxing and MMA. Now, you heard the thing that I left out is pro wrestling. So for the time being, because of the, the way the new show is being structured, you we won't be talking pro wrestling we won't have a full show dedicated to pro wrestling just yet it is something that we are hoping will change um obviously it's going to take a lot of you guys that are listening to bang the table for us say hey man we need a third show of pro wrestling um but right now we'll be sprinkling in like tidbits of pro wrestling in our boxing mma shows depending on what's going on but right now it is one show boxing one show mma in a studio with guests looking crazy looking amazing um so yeah get ready it starts sunday this coming sunday as you guys are listening to this uh i know some of you guys listen to our show late so it might have already happened but this will be <laughs> happening this weekend this coming weekend today's the 24th so that's 25th 26th will be our first show the day after joshua wilder and ufc 266 and depending on how those two fights play out i don't know what kind of show we're doing on sunday it might be one show dedicated to if Usyk knocks out joshua or we get some crazy shit happens at two, UFC 266. Might be an MMA show. I don't know. You guys have to wait to see. Yeah, that's 
That's the biggest switch up. We will still have our same opening segments as always. That is not changing. So we'll still be talking hip hop craziness that's happening on Twitter and social media. We'll be talking about, you know, just societal issues and um, our lives, everything that goes along with that. We will be talking about all of that still to open up the shows. So you don't got to worry in that regard. It's just, you know, the back end of the shows are going to change a little for now, but Listen, we're, we're always changing, always evolving, and trust, trust, it's only going to get bigger and better down the line. I, I love the pro wrestling episodes. I want to continue doing those. So it's, we're, we're talking. It's in the works. But for right now, like Dre said, boxing and MMA. If you're in Vegas, happen to be crossing the win, come say what's up. You know what we do Sundays, Wednesdays. Come check us out, Blue Wire Studios. It's a fun atmosphere. You guys can watch us record. It's really dope. Uh, we got a drink after because that's probably going to be what I'm doing after the show. So it's uh, it's going to be a good time. I look forward to the change. It's it's exciting. I wish we could talk more about it, Dre, but we got breaking news right before we got on this mic. And it's so fitting because I believe our first episode was not just me spitting off hot takes about Good Kid Mad City and, and wild shit. We opened up our first episode and it was right after John Jones was arrested for hitting a pregnant woman and fleeing the scene. And they found condoms and hot Cheetos in his car and a bunch of booze. And the reports were that he ran back to the car, grabbed his wallet, left. Like people wouldn't identify a giant USC bag because he had just got done training or the same car. He had his training equipment in. That was our first show. Talked about John Jones and his, the madness that is John Jones. We have been doing this show for six and a half years. Today, the last show of this format, you know, just us microphones. I'm recording from the Vidara here in Vegas. It's fight week. The last time we're not in the studio. John Jones has done it again, arrested overnight for domestic violence, a night where he was inducted to the UFC Hall of Fame for the first time for his fight with Alexander Gustafson, which I believe might have been 10 years ago now. It was like eight years ago. And it was the anniversary of that not too long ago, like a week ago. That fight was so good that it was inducted into Hall of Fame. And he was one of the youngest Hall of Famer. I mean, the guy is 34 now. And it was a celebration of him, of that fight last night. I was in attendance at the Hall of Fame. And then to see less than 12 hours later, the man sitting in jail somewhere here in Vegas behind, you know, in the cell waiting to be released because they have him on a hold, 12-hour hold. And uh, he can't get out of his own way. I mean, listen, man. The dark side of the octagon or the 30 for 30 that talks about how the greatest MMA fighter of all time squandered his greatness of being a fucking idiot. It's going to be incredible. This, you know what this almost reminds me of? Lawrence Taylor. Mm. Lawrence Taylor was the greatest linebacker in NFL history. And he just couldn't stay off the nose candy, right? But there was no social media. This is fighting. It's a completely different world. Um, and Lawrence Taylor was still great. John Jones will still be remembered as a great fighter, but he, I, I don't know if he, if he'll ever reach his peak. 
Listen, he could have been a, an advocate for pay, fighter pay, with this whole situation with him wanting to fight in Ganu, moving up to head, heavyweight. He wanted to get to 270 pounds, greatest MMA fighter of all time. He could have done all these things, but yet he continues to squander his career with just being a dumbass. Uh, I don't know what to say, man. It's it's a it's it's not a. I don't think this ends well. At the end of the day, at least Lawrence Taylor. I mean, I'm not saying he's gonna die. If anybody saw the Lawrence Taylor documentary on Showtime, he was part of it. Kind of like, you know, I fucked up. John's probably going to be in the same position. I don't know. You know, he's, you say he's 34? Is he 34? 34 years old. And he's accomplished what most fighters would wish they could accomplish doing all the shit he's done. And it just speaks to how great of a fighter he is, but how much of a doofus he is. I, dog, I don't understand this. He's got three kids, three girls. Look, I'm a girl dad, so I speak. This this hits me hard because it's like I don't know how you can have daughters and ha- be involved in domestic violence. I just I I can't fathom it. I just don't get it. And these are accusations he's arrested. But come on, man, it's John Jones. Like, <laughs> like when when you hear it, you go, yeah, he probably did that shit. Yeah, it's not like too that. many. It's not too many things John does, and he like he doesn't even outright deny it. He's just like, yeah, well, <laughs> like I'm yeah. an idiot. And the uh, being accused, being arrested is already too much with his history, regardless of what happened, I don't care what comes. It's already too much. No pun intended. At this point, John has to keep his nose clean. And he, he couldn't do that one night in Vegas. I was at the Hall of Fame last night at Park MGM. I was uh, I had to work the red carpet, helping out the MMA team at ESPN. And I take a picture. Amazing picture. Him, the wife, the girl, his girls, amazing family photo. Everyone is smiling. They were all great last night. And I can't look at that picture now. Like you got your family with you. You have your kids with you. They were arm in arm with you last night while you were getting inducted to the Hall of Fame. Like if you can fuck up and and put hands on a woman, whatever may happen. Last night, no, you're just... You're an idiot, and then on a different level, you're an animal. And, and you know what else, you know what else this does? Ridiculous. What else this does is he's lost any possible leverage for fighting Francis Ngannou and getting paid. He's lost all that leverage. It's gone. Out of here. Dana White has no reason to pay this man what he wants because Dana could easily say, and he's not wrong, you're lucky you're still fighting. Yeah. He sh- let's be real. He shouldn't still be fighting. Exactly. This is strike four. Strike four. I- <laughs> strike four. <laughs> strike four. Not even three. Strike four. And I'd be shocked. I wouldn't be shocked. Like, I'd, I don't really pretend to know what the UFC is going to do as a company. But with this coming on the heels of being inducted to the Hall of Fame, I take him right out of the Hall of Fame. They're like, no, 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 that's not happening. The, On the, the same of, night, the Hall of Fame doesn't matter. The, regardless, the it's their Hall of Fame. I know. That's why they won't take him out. I mean, they could, they should. I mean, you know, is the WWE taking out any Hall of Famers? Mm. Right? All the shit that they did? Like, Hogan for a second. They took him off the website, right? They oh, like, okay. Ah. <laughs> and it was like, yeah, we'll bring him back as soon as this blows over. Like, dude. I, we, I, we might touch on it later in this episode because we got a lot to talk about. But, dude, we just watched the plane ride from hell. The dark side of the ring. It's like, holy oh, yeah. shit. 
right? But John is in a situation where you can't, like, he's in the Hall of Fame for a fight with Gustafson, right? They're not going to take him out because that means you have to take Gus out. And it doesn't mean anything at the end of the day. It's like they gave him a blazer. It's like, I didn't buy my own blazer. It doesn't mean anything. Nobody voted for this. Like, you guys just decided shit. Frank Shamrock's still not in the UFC Hall of Fame. So that thing is completely ridiculous to me. So isn't he in there? Because it's the UFC. It's like it's the UFC. They Dana and whoever picks who they want to be in the Hall of Fame. It means absolutely nothing. It's not the MMA Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. They are not considering anybody from outside promotions. Fedor will never be in the UFC Hall of Fame. Is the MMA Hall of Fame a thing? I mean, if it's it's it exists in some way, shape, or form, but nobody cares about it. It's like yeah, I don't hear Hall much about it. There's no pro wrestling like Hall of Fame. Everybody talks about the WWE Hall of Fame. But if there's a pro wrestling Hall of Fame, there'd be a lot of people that weren't in the WWE. Oh, a ton. A ton so, of who cares? Yeah. Who cares about the UFC Hall of Fame? They, they, it's not that big of a deal. It sounds good in theory. If you had, if you were a betting man, this it for John? In terms of fighting. It might be. It might be because two things are at work. One, you are in a tug of war with trying to get paid to fight a heavyweight championship fight. And now you do this. They have no reason to keep pushing for you because now you've shown because you just said the Gustin fight was eight years ago. Eight. You've been fucking up for eight years. At least. Minimum, right? Minimum eight years. So for, for them, it's like, hey, th- I mean... Again, I, I'm a you know I want to see these fighters get paid, but I could I don't have a problem with Daniel. Like like you can't demand shit. You lucky you get in a fight. Francis is the only one that can have claimed to nothing, even though they won't pay him either. But you have nothing, and if you don't want to fight for the pennies that we're offering to pay you, sit on the bench like you already have been. Yeah, they're not missing him. They're making money without him, dude. We we talked about this. The UFC is about three letters and one person. The UFC is the three letters, and the one person is Dana White. That's it. That Everyone else is replacing. Conor McGregor, Ronda Rousey, big mistake. They got bigger than the organization. Big mistake. Big mistake. You can't hit your way. Like, they look at it as like, we can't let a fighter get bigger than us. It's got to be about the organization, and Dana White's our biggest star. That's how they maintain control. They can't let the inmates run the asylum, even though it's really not that. It should be a, a union. That's why the NBA has a players' union. Because like inmates kind of should run the asylum because the asylum got built from these inmates, right? Yeah. So it's like they should get paid. But the reality is, is that Dana doesn't want to have somebody outside, like somebody become bigger than the organization. Connor was bigger than the UFC, remains bigger than the UFC. But they, you can't let that happen with John. And he's black. I'm just throwing it out there. He's not, you know. And he's, he's a, not, I mean, he's a father. He's not going to be the face of anything. He's, no. He could be Johnny Bellator. If he fights again, I don't know if Coker takes that on. Mm. You can't trust him. You, you can't, can't trust him. That's tough. You know, I mean, you, you'd want to because, again, he is the greatest fighter ever. I don't think like people talk about GSP. I love GSP, who also got inducted in the Hall of Fame, which felt like overdue, but whatever. I love GSP. I think Fedor is a phenomenal fighter. It's John Jones we're talking about. He's the best ever. I know I've made the argument on the show, show that you can argue that Khabib was better than John. The reality is you can make that argument, but it's not true. John Jones is the greatest MMA fighter of all time. And he did it in like six years. Yeah. Youngest champion, 
dominated everybody, beat motherfuckers at their own game. Incredible. But once you once he gets out of the octagon, the problems begin. That he needs to sleep in an octagon. <laughs> I mean, I would say like being in New Mexico really protects him because it gives him a bubble and less chances to fuck up. But when we started no. the show, he where he got in the car accident, that was in New Mexico. So I mean, yo, I, he needs help. Like I, I really think, like if we're looking back, I remember that aerial interview. What this was like strike two or three. When, when he was stripped and DC became champ, Ariel went out to New Mexico and did the interview and they walked around like a lake or some shit. And everyone's like, John has changed. John, he, he was really sorry. He looked Ariel in the eye and said, no, I can't blah, blah. He admitted to having like a weed problem. Um, yeah. He's like, I'm addicted to marijuana, but nothing else. Like, yeah, I've done Coke on fight weeks and blah, blah. And I binged and blah, blah. That was because I was insecure and I didn't know how to handle it. And, and it, it was a bunch of BS. And I remember people were like, no, this is a real, like, John's really sorry. Cormier is the only one that's really kept calling him out. <laughs> but it, it comes down to he's an addict. And I think John doesn't realize he's an addict. So it's going to keep changing until he realizes he's an addict. He's a sociopath. I mean, the guy's, he's nuts. Like, he, he, he delivers these interviews and you look at him and you go, does he really believe the shit that he's saying? Or is he just saying to get by? And I don't know the answer to this. This man has three children with one woman who he refuses to marry for whatever reason. I thought they got married. When did this happen? No, I'm not positive. Like, so I, I don't know. I'll look it up right now. Yeah, is John Jones married? Because I, I thought they did like a year ago. Maybe they just got engaged. Yeah, they. I don't think they ever. They got engaged. And that was like his fiance. But that's been his fiance forever. Now look, I'm not gonna. Yep, say, that is his fiance. There you go. I'm not gonna say like you know some people get engaged for a long time, but this is fucking ridiculous. You have three kids. These girls are looking grown. You are. There's nothing else for you to wait for, right? It might. But again, you know, everybody has their own reasons. But this is part of his personality. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what this is all about like i don't know how he thinks his daughters are going to look at him one day it's i'm telling you man the dark side of the octagon or maybe we shouldn't even call it the octagon because fuck the ufc the cage yeah the dark side of the cage is going to be a phenomenal episode because we're going to finally hear from people that have been around john and we aren't necessarily haters if you have the right people behind to do the right amount of journalism and reporting we will really find out what's going on with john jones like we need to I mean, you know, him and Rashad Evans had beef, but we got to talk to everybody at Jackson's gym that has been around this guy. Like, remember remember the time he was like a superhero for saving somebody from getting the car robbed? Like, this dude is nuts. <laughs> you don't know which way the pendulum is going to swing on any given day. No, you just got, like, the thing is, is when the cameras are off, you, you really have no idea who John Jones is. When the cameras are on, like you can't really figure it out because it was like he has like a very fraud personality. I've talked about it on the show before. I've had interviews with John where John like didn't want me to record certain things. Just very, very strange. Uh, he's trying to control his narrative, but as, as a good guy, but his narrative is like, dog, you are not a good guy. You, sir, are a piece of shit. The sooner you accept that, 
maybe you can change it. But he's like not willing to accept the things that he does. This is just the latest charge. The thing is, like, people go, well, you know, he's only been arrested twice. But how many times do you think he's done this and not been caught? It's crazy. Yeah, it, it's wild. Like, that's the key. A ton. Um, I don't know where he... I, I'm just waiting for what to see what the UFC says. That's that's where I'm at. Now now the shoe isn't on what John Jones is gonna do, because like I'm anticipating he's gonna fuck up every so often. When is the UFC just going, nah, enough is enough? So that's what we're waiting for now. Maybe we have that answer by Sunday. Maybe. I mean, dude, it's after the Hall of Fame. Like they just did this big ass ceremony for you, even though they're in, in they're beefing with you over money. They just celebrated you, and then you was like, you know what? I'm going to go beat up my wife <laughs> on my fiancé. Like, what? what is in Vegas? It's not like he went home and did this shit. It's like he left and was like, all right, this is what's up. Let's go. What? Yeah. It mind-boggling. Still, we have a full UFC card this weekend. Yes, we do. So UFC 266 here in Vegas, which, again, this is going to take all the air out from under that card. And it, it, it wasn't MMA fans will get over it. They don't care. Really? That's Every a question f- today is going to be to Dana about John Jones. Yeah, but I mean, it's, it's the way in today. Like Dana, Dana is going to be able to avoid this until the fight. They will talk about it at the post fight press conference. But the fans don't they don't care like that. Like we care because we're media and we'll hang on to this shit. We'll ask all the questions. But you've seen MMA fans. They don't give a shit because they go home and some of them beat their wives and kids. Like, they don't care. This is all par for the course. Like, this, they, <laughs> they are not that invested in John where they'd be like, oh, man, I, you know, UFC 266 is really dampered because John, you know, might have beat up his fiance. No, they're going to go, when's the fight? <laughs> That's it. Oh, Nick Diaz is fighting this weekend? Cool. That's it. They don't care. Yeah, not at all. <laughs> and listen, Nick Diaz army is a full effect out here. People love that man. Still. He's a cult fascinating, fascinating story. Nick Diaz is a fascinating story. They robbed him of a lot of years now, though. They, like they now when we him. go back in retrospect for weed, like they robbed him for a lot of years. And what turns out to probably be a lot of money considering how Nate turned out. Well, so here's the question. Before we get into predicting this card, how good is Nick Diaz? Is Nick, you said? Not Nate, Nick, right? Not Nate. Not Nate, because Nick, Nick, Nick is better than Nate. Yeah, but how, how good is Nick Diaz? Um, I, that's tough. I mean, he's a top 10 guy. He's 26 and 9. Maybe seven, eight. I think he's past his prime regardless now. I mean, look, we'll talk about the fight when we get there. I'm just saying, as of right now, how good is Nick Diaz? <sighs> he's not very good, I did, unless he proves me wrong. I mean, I, I'll be like, shocked. I, I don't think he's that good right now. So, because to put it in perspective, obviously the last fight he fought was a loss to Anderson Silva. They got overturned because both of them fucking popped. Yep. He lost to GSP, lost to Carlos Condit. And then he beat a bunch of people. But when you look at the people he beat, beat pretty washed up BJ Penn, beat Paul Daly, no longer here. Uh, Evangelista Santos. All right, whatever. KJ Nunes. Uh, KJ was all right at the time. Um, then he beats 
Frank Shamrock, it was like he's had he's had some good victories, but the fact that Nick Diaz has become the, he hasn't fought in six years, and he's become this big of a star where not only is he fighting a five round fight on the third fight of the card for no fucking reason. There's no reason this fight should be a five round fight <laughs> at all because they're not going to finish each other. No, but not only that. They they were just like, well, Nick's, you know, he doesn't want to come in at welterweight. So how about middleweight? Okay. What? How good do you have to like what is going on here? No other fight on the face of the planet. No other fighter. No other fighter can pull some shit like this. Maybe Connor can. But he hasn't tried it. He's like, yo, I'm gonna fight a five-round fight on the third fight of the card where there's two other title fights against Robbie Lawler. And he was went as far as to say he should fight Kamaru Usman next, which is wild. And they were like, yo, making weight? Nah, fuck that. You can go to middleweight. Meanwhile, Dan Hooker just got damned in the country <laughs> and had to make yeah. weight. Yo, seven o'clock last night made weight. Easy money. But at like eight o'clock today. And Nick didn't even have to think about it. Nick was like, yeah, I don't feel like making this shit. And they were like, all right, we really need you on this card. What? Because Nick is really the star of the show. As much as I like the Volkanovski-Ortega fight, <laughs> everybody's here for Nick. A guy who hasn't fought in six years, who hasn't won a fight since 2011 at UFC 137. Mm. That's 100... <laughs> And 29 numbered UFCs ago. <laughs> I'm glad you did the math on that because I, I was going to take me a while. I'm not, I'm not even including the fight nights. I ain't including the, none of that. 129 pay-per-views ago, he won. And he's calling the shots in this card. And I'm looking at his record because I was like, am I missing something? Because I remember Nick. Nick was really good in strike force. Nick knocked out Robbie Lawler. I'll, I'll never forget him doing that. I'll never forget him watching BJ Penn. I'll never forget the Paul Daly fight. But I'm like, yo, is he really that good to do all, for all this? It's weird. If he, Again, it's a problem with boxing. But at the same time, if this was boxing, nobody would care about Nick Diaz like this. Not with this kind of record. Not for being gone this long. Not this much fanfare. It's a pro and a con to it. But this, yo, this is crazy. Yeah, it's wild. So, I'm... I... I don't know if he wins. Dude, this look. <laughs> that's the problem, right? Like there's some money in him still. I'm just I'm looking and the more I look at it, I'm just like he's away a long time and the Anderson Silva fight was not impressive. The best part was him like flipping the double birds and laying down when he laid down on the floor like he, he couldn't do anything against Silva then. I I don't know what he has left. And Robbie hasn't looked great, but Robbie is still Robbie. And Robbie's pissed that the fight last second was moved from 170 to 185. Wouldn't you be? I've been cutting oh, weight all this time. And you just horribly shit on me. And you yeah. ain't fight. Like, I've been fighting. I was a champ while you were gone. Yo, Nick Diaz was gone so long, he did not have to be involved in the Reebok deal. There were still sponsors and shit. When he, he missed the whole Reebok. He missed the went, whole shit. Went straight to Venom. Straight up. He went straight to Venom. I'm going to ask you this question, and I'm going to wait for your answer. Would Nick Diaz be as big as Nick Diaz is right now if Nate Diaz didn't beat Conor McGregor? No. No, no, no. 
I don't. Nick wouldn't. Nah. And Nate obviously wouldn't, but Nick wouldn't. That gave them both a breath, a a breath of fresh air because they were a wrap. No one's checking for Nate after fucking the the fight with Michael. Who did he beat? Um, uh, I forgot who his last like win was, but he won. And I was like, okay, cool. Nate Diaz. And then next thing you know, he beats Connor and it's boom, Nate Diaz. I, th- again, this is the craziest rub. So before we get to the predictions, I want to say this. If Nick Diaz beats Robbie Lawler, you know what fight there is to make? I'll give you one guess. Akamaru Usman. No, 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 no. no. Okay. There's, a, uh, there's, there's an immediate fight to make. I have no clue. Conor McGregor. No. Yes. All right. I Think guess. About that because size Connor, difference is crazy. I'm just saying, do you think Conor cares? Conor could sit here right now and go, I made both of you. You and your brother. I made you. And you're getting a residual rub from your younger brother for beating me at a heavier weight. 185. Like, I'll fight you at a catch weight. Well, no, you got to come down to 170. Like yeah. he thought he was going to do for this fight. Yeah. If if Connor doesn't care, Connor's a maniac as well. Connor doesn't care. If there is if if Nick Diaz looks phenomenal, let's just say he goes out there and, and washes Robbie Lawler. He's not gonna get a title shot, right? And we all know that Nick's not really interested in fighting people, just random people to try to get a title fight. Like he either wants a title or nothing. But the one thing that will catch his interest is fighting Connor McGregor. And that fight would be huge. Because you still, no matter what happens in that fight, you still can do Nate Diaz and Conor McGregor. It's also, true. I, also I mean, that, that fight's always there. And I think Nate just has like one fight left on his, on his uh, contract. So I'm 100% positive he doesn't fight again until it's Conor McGregor. Also, I want to point out that, remember you were talking about this whole Conor Dustin Poirier thing? I told you that shit ain't going to happen. Dustin's fighting Charles Oliveira. Yeah, I said Connor could be ready by the top he, of the year. But he, he not. But no, that fight is going to take until the top of the year be made. Yeah. And, but, and, and, and when they do that, and if, if Nick wins, and the Connor fight is bigger. Yeah. It's bigger than Dustin Poirier and Charles Oliveira. Like, Nick Diaz and Connor McGregor is the, one of the biggest fights that could be made in the UFC. Nick has to hold up his end of the bargain. But, period. Connor, no, yo, it's they, a big they, size difference. But Connor doesn't care. So if if, if Nick wins, Connor's going to call him a bum regardless, right? I mean, Connor made an excuse for that terrible pitch he threw the other night. He just 50 cent and called him a bum. Like, Connor has excuses up the ass. But, yo, he'll look at it, and he'll go to Danny and like, yo, you can pay me X amount of dollars to non-title fight. We'll be at the top of the card. I'll make you a ton of money. It's bigger than a rematch with Dustin. Yeah, Nick's, Nick's a bigger star than Dustin Poirier. Unfortunately, that shouldn't be the case after everything that I just said. But here we are. The star, <laughs> the star of tomorrow's pay per view, is the third fight on the card for a guy who hasn't won <laughs> in seven years, six years, seven. No, fuck that. It, just, it sounds better when I use the number of pay per views it's been. <laughs> <laughs> The 129 paper. No, that was the last time he competed, though, right? 
Or is that his last one? That's the last time he won. Oh, because okay. he competed. He fought because he fought, lost to Anderson Silver. He lost to Carlos Condit. He lost to GSP. Okay. That's a long time without winning. Yeah. And he said, yo, I want to fight Kamaru Usman if I win this fight. Like, sir, it'd be one win <laughs> in forever. Think, like, you think Nick has any, like, there's no context to what Nick says. He just, like, he just says he shit. Says, but it could be a reality. Would you be surprised? No, it's UFC. I'd never be surprised. All right. Um, if, he, if he can't, if he ran roughshod over Robbie Lawler, I could see them making a case like, well, even though Robbie hasn't won and he got, you know, I think it was Kobe Covington kind of ran him over. I, I can't, I can't make sense of it, but I don't make sense out of the UFC either. So I can see that happen. <laughs> Let's give our predictions real quick for this card then. Um, main card, again, when we go to a full MMA show, we'll probably do predictions for the entire card. But for now, we'll enjoy this last time of just doing predictions for the main card. We have Jessica Andrade versus Cynthia Cavillo in the opener. Jessica's too strong. She, she's just, and her fade is dope. So those are two things. That the fade is dope. That shit was clean in person. Clean. It's, yeah. So I'm picking Jessica Andrade. She, I mean, she's literally too big. Cynthia Cavillo is a very good fighter, but I can't see her out muscling. Just kind of grudge. You got to have to be a sharp striker, and she's not that. So, yeah, I'm picking on Josh. Not bad. Not bad. Um, next up we have – oh, I'm picking Cynthia Cavillo. Just because she's younger, the upside is there. Um, Three-round fight is tough against Jessica, right? Because usually it's take her to deep waters, wait for her to get tired, do whatever the hell you want. She's not going to get tired in three rounds. And like you said, she is strong. But Cynthia needs this fight. Jessica, I think, has, has been to the top, and I don't want to call her gatekeeper, but J- Cynthia needs to make her a gatekeeper by winning this. So give me Cynthia by, like, split decision. And then next, uh, Curtis Blades versus Rosenstruck. Um, all right. So Rosenstruck is very – like, he's, he's – you know what he's going to do, and you really know what Curtis Blades is going to do. <laughs> Blades ain't messing around in this one. And he don't even lie. Like, immediate day, he was like, he's like, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I'm going to take him down. That's the only thing I'm going to do. Immediately. Like, there's no reason to bullshit each other, right? There's no reason to whine and dine you. I'm coming to take him, put his back on the mat for as long as this fight takes. I think Rosenstruck gets soon first. I think Rosenstruck is a good enough striker, but it's really, with the thing with Blaze or things with guys who shoot, you just have to have fantastic reflexes, right? To either fire a knee or an uppercut to catch a guy that's shooting in. But if you let him get you up against Cage, Blaze is really strong. He's going to take you down. If, if Rosenstruck's on his back, he's done. I think Rosenstruck gets to him first. It happened with Derek Lewis. I yeah. think Rosenstruck will do the same thing. So I'm picking Rosenstruck by knockout. I'll say first round because the longer it goes, I don't. I mean, I guess. I mean, we saw what happened to Overeem, right? <laughs> Overeem. You got to stand up three times, sir. You got to stand yeah, up three so times. But I, I'm going to pick an early stoppage because if he, I don't think if he stops in there, he won't be able to time. It, he'll be too tired in the later rounds of timing. Overeem was just a, a brawl, and then he caught him. Curtis Blaze will wear your ass out with the wrestling. So Rosenstruck has to finish him early. So I'm picking Rosenstruck. I'm picking the same. And Rosenstruck's like a, a pretty big underdog. I, I could definitely see the knockout here. Like, I, if I was going to bet on this, that'd be the first one. Like, oh, give me that all day. 
Yeah, I'll, I'll take. I like the odds there. I like. I mean, knockout guys against wrestlers. I get it, man. I get it. You know, Blaze is a really good wrestler. I but it takes one. That's it. it. Takes one punch, and I think he can land that on Curtis Blades. And then uh, we have middleweight fight, which we just talked about. Big Diaz versus Robbie Lawler. Give me Robbie Lawler in this one. By decision, five-round decision where the fourth and fifth rounds are boring because Nick is going to complain about not engaging when Robbie is walking him down and he's walking backwards. Nick will find something to complain about. Uh, yeah, yo, I don't know what the hell I'm watching. Um, <laughs> like, I, How could you pick a guy who old men bumped me? Like, it's the opposite of what Big E was talking about. I mean, it, it's, it's Robbie, and Robbie's been active, and Robbie's been top, fighting top guys, so he should have the edge. I have no idea what Nick's been doing for the last seven years. I have seen him randomly. I saw him at like a festival. I saw him at like Rock and Rio a few years ago. I ran to him, <laughs> Nate, and um, I forgot who was with him. I forgot who was with him, but we ran into each other and we were you talking. said a like, few years ago. You understand that it's six years ago now? That's, that's what I'm saying. Like I ran into him and then I've seen him like outside of T-Mobile. I've seen him like I, he was going to like a Deftones concert. And the strange thing about Nick and Nate, like if, if people, if you run into them completely out of the element, they'll talk to you. Oh yeah. Now they're cool people. Don't get like, it wrong. They're cool. People, people think they're like weird and all, but they, they don't like the, 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 uh, the structure of like media. But if you like, if you catch them, like I, I saw him at the, the, we just were sitting there talking. I was like, this is strange, but they, they, they don't want to talk about MMA. That's it. You ask Nick Diaz about the fucking deaf tones. They'll talk your ear off. Oh, Boxing, yeah. Cool. MMA. No, thank you. But, that being said, I'm going to pick Nick just because I have no idea what the fuck I'm watching. And I want him to win because I want somebody to disrupt the system. I want Nick to come in there and be like, you know, you know I don't really want to do this shit anymore, but I make all the money. So, you know, chaos. <laughs> yeah, like what? It's chaos. So give me the chaos. I'll take the chaos. Trey is an agent of chaos. And then we have uh, Shepchenko versus Lauren Murphy. Come on, man. The only thing we're asking here, listen, I'm not going to ask you. Over <laughs> under three minutes. That's, that's all our Shepchenko predictions now. What's the over under? Oh, it'll, it'll go three minutes, um, I think. I, I like Shepchenko's. <laughs> somebody asked her about, you know, Lauren Murphy, what she presents. And she was like, I see nothing special in it. And they was like, is that arrogant? She's like, no, I fought everybody and I see nothing special with her. And she's like, I'm going to be on. And people keep asking. You can see she's getting annoyed. What motivates you? She's like, martial arts motivates me. I like being the best. I like kicking ass, and it's fun. That's the worst kind of fighter to fight. She doesn't yeah. say I'm out here fighting for money. She just likes fucking people up. And Lauren <laughs> Murphy tried to get balls at the press conference. She's like, I don't give a fuck about it. Valentina, Valentina, like, like side-eyed her. I was like, all right. <laughs> She's like, all right, I'll show you what's up. So Valentina might just torture her. I think it lasts more than three minutes, I think. But I, I'm I'm quite sure she's going to finish her. She's not here for overtime. Uh, give me Valentina's submission under three. It might be I, any way she wants. Doctor <laughs> stoppage, like torture, like I, whatever it is. It this fight ain't going long. It it just is not. Lauren Murphy, she got into this fight. She kind of backed into it with a split decision over Joanne Calderwood, and she's won like multiple sw- split decisions where people are like, yeah, I don't know if she won that. Valentina doesn't do that. Valentina beats your ass. The only pe- person she loses to is somebody that's a giant, Amanda Nunez. Lauren Murphy has none of those attributes. She's getting fucked up. 
She has none of those. None of them. Not a single one. You've seen Lauren Murphy fight. Come on. She's good, but come on, man. To beat Valentin, you have to be special. Yeah. No, that's I'm not knocking that. I'm just saying, damn, like none of she got heart. I would give Lauren Murphy got heart. Well, I got heart. I'll stick it <laughs> my ass whoop. That's true. The best, the best quote by Valentina this weekend is some random media guy. I don't even know. But he was like, how long do you think it would take you and your sister to beat the Paul brothers in a fight? And she said, zero seconds. He was like, what? She was like, zero seconds. He was like, so one second? She was like, no, that's too long. Zero seconds. Yo. <laughs> like, yo. <laughs> Look, we, we're not even in the box yet and bringing up Canelo and Caleb Plant. But foreign shit talking is the best shit talking because they are very literal about everything they say. Oh, hands <laughs> down. We say things and, you know, it doesn't mean what it sounds like. When Valentina says zero seconds, she means zero seconds. Like, we say it in jest. Yeah, you know, I'll knock her ass out in no time. Like, that quick. <laughs> Snap my fingers. That quick, I'll knock you out. We know we ain't knocking nobody out that quick. Valentina says zero seconds, she means that shit. Because there is no in-between. <laughs> Just like the canal and the motherfucker. You heard motherfuckers like, you gonna take my mother? <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> he took it all wrong. Wild. Oh, yeah, Valentina. And again, if people haven't followed her on social media, when she's doing like her gun training and shit. That's a scary woman, man. Yo, she's Black Widow. Like she's an MCU character. She's frightening. She she legitimately, I look at her and I'm like, I would like John Jones. You want to beat her ass? Let's see what happens. Oh, she's fucking she's fucking everybody up. Everybody yeah, like, like abuse happening there. No, she will beat your ass and then do a fucking ballet twirl on the way out of the octagon or wherever she's at. I think I saw her training with Moreno the other day. Um, right. in the lead up too. to this, they were doing like you know light sparring mm-hmm. and just going back and forth and like doing reflex shit. And I was looking, and I was like, yo, I think she beats Brandon Moreno at one twenty five. Like if they both fought, fought, I think she beats Brandon Moreno at one twenty five. She is scary. I, I, I don't say this about just people in general, right? This is not a male-female thing. I'm talking about as an individual. She dead, she's very deadpan. She can shoot anything that's moving, right? When you watch a gun training, that's scary. She's got a goddamn Her nickname is Bullet. It's like, all right, I don't want to deal with that. She's got this mean six-pack with this tattoo, and then she just beats people up, and she enjoys it, and she gets annoyed when people question why she likes doing this. Some people, you know... Floyd Mayweather is a prize fighter because he fought for the prize. I don't think Valentina cares. You never heard her complain about money. She's just like, when do I go out there and put another body in a casket? <laughs> Easy. You, you know what I'm here for. Stop playing games. Right. Uh, that's, that is the scariest person. So I, I don't know. It, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. I don't think it goes two. I think we're both in agreement. It doesn't go two. No, I don't think so. Yeah. So we'll we'll see how that ends up. And then Alexander Volkanovsky versus Brian Ortega. Yo. I'm picking Brian Ortega. Yo, I'm taking T-City too. I thought I was crazy. Well, look, so here's the thing. Alexander Volkanovsky, former rugby player, absolute powerhouse, comes forward, muscles you down. Not necessarily a knockout artist. If you look at his career, goes to decision quite a bit. But, you know, he can finish guys. He's strong as shit. Brian Ortega, a lot of people look at the, the, the Max Holloway fight. But that you can't really look at that fight. Max Holloway is a completely different fighter than Alexander Volkanovsky. Max Holloway is a volume fighter, one of the best boxers in MMA. Volkanovsky is not that. 
Ortega against Chan Sung Jung, maybe I'm still prisoner of that moment, but he looks so good with his footwork and his movement and his jab and his strike in the spinning elbow. He looks so good that I was like, well, I can see him kind of neutralizing this. More importantly, though, Ortega doesn't really take guys down, but he submits them. And if he finds a way to use Volkanovsky's aggression against him, he can submit Volkanovsky. People forget how good his jujitsu is. He can submit Volkanovsky if Volkanovsky makes a mistake and leaves his neck out there too long or gets tripped up. Brian's really good on the ground. A lot of people say, well, Volkanovsky should overpower him. I get it. This, to me, is a 50-50 fight, even though Volkanovsky, I think, is a minus like 170 the last time I checked. But I'm picking T-City because I think Volkanovsky's so pissed off Adam, just in general, from being later, unprofessional and all this other shit. And Ortega's just so cool. Like, he wears, wore the flannel yesterday, <laughs> talked his shit. Just like, I'm cool. I think Ortega finds a way to win this fight. And I, I, I'd like to see him as champ. I'm very interested in Brian Ortega as champ. So give me Brian Ortega. Yeah, let's do it. Let's get weird. And I still say Volkanovski lost the last fight to Max Holloway. So that alone gives me trepidation. Like, I don't, I don't know, man. You got to show me. So, and he's, again, first fight, great, all this stuff. I, I don't know. Talk about Max Holloway. It's just announced he will be fighting Yaya Rodriguez on November 13th. Okay. I mean, you know, I'm picking Max to win. Max will be right back in the picture. Oh, that's Max, another guy to piece up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and Yaya is great, but it's just Max is striking. Is He's a volume striker. He's going he's gonna to nick you to death. You're going to bleed fighting Max Holloway because all them cuts. He ain't going to slice you. He's going to nick you. He's going to cut you up. And if you're not good at, like, that's what Ortega learned. That's the other thing. Ortega took a lot of punishment in that fight, came back, and was like, you know what? I'm going to work on my striking. I'm just going to be better. And he looks better. Now, he's not ball-headed Ortega, so that doesn't become a thing. And Volkanovski's now ball-headed, so this is all very interesting to me. But I, I like T-City, man. I just like him. I like his attitude. I like, I like, like he could be a villain to a lot of people, but I like him. No, guy. I do, too. And they they got some real heat between each other. Like, they really don't like each other. I mean, I think it's more Volkanovski than Ortega. I think, I think shit went over like yesterday, Brian. It's filled over a bit. Yeah, but I mean, I think Brian is he's annoyed that Volkanovski is annoyed. Like, he's like, why are you so mad? Now it's making me mad. That's how it looks like Volkanovski was talking all this shit. And Brian was like, really? <laughs> like, you're mad, mad? Like, I thought you were just tired of seeing me on The Ultimate Fighter, which I didn't watch a single episode of this year. I thought you were just tired of seeing me every day on the ultimate fire. Come to find out you just, you don't like me. All right. So now I don't like you. That's what it feels like to be. It feels like Ortega is very in control. Now he doesn't think it'll make a difference and it might not in the fight, but I don't know. Alexander's like hype right now, like super hype. Uh, yeah. I mean, Volkanovsky is too hype to me, too emotional. And then Ortega is now reaching that moment. Of He's peaking hypeness at the correct time. So can't wait to see what happens there. Um, real quick before we hit the break in boxing, Usyk versus Joshua is happening this weekend overseas. Huge heavyweight fight, huge ramifications. If Anthony Joshua wins, he kind of sits back and waits for the winner of Tyson Fury versus Deontay Wilder. If Usyk wins, set the whole heavyweight division on fire. Let's get it's gonna be run back. It'll be a rematch. Everyone else gotta sit and wait. If Fury wins, then he gotta take a different fight. And then that gets tricky. A whole bunch of shit goes crazy. And then Usyk becomes 
undisputed at cruiser and then unified at heavy. And we're start looking at him. Like, where does he rank all time? Hmm. Boy, oh boy. This is a very interesting fight because the things that you just mentioned, he's on pound for pound list. Anthony Joshua's not right. Like, even though Anthony Joshua has like the better resume, like he's fought like everybody at heavyweight, but you know, Usyk has been pretty fucking good. He's really good, but I'm going to go with my prediction. I'm picking AJ to win. He might knock out Usyk. Reason why I don't believe that Usyk has properly acclimated to the heavyweight division. You go back, you watch the Chaz Witherspoon fight. It was his first fight at heavyweight. Mm-hmm. Wasn't terribly, it wasn't a phenomenal performance. He got the win, but Chaz Witherspoon's washed up. That's what we expected to happen. You go and watch the Chisora fight. There were some dicey moments in there. Chisora's been knocked out three times. Chisora's been knocked out by Dillian White. Chisora's been in some wars. Chisora just fought Joseph Parker, and that wasn't a great fight. And Usyk won, but it wasn't like terribly impressive. Now, he's giving up height, reach, and power to Anthony Joshua. Yes. He's a great boxer. We forget Anthony Joshua is an Olympic gold medalist as well. And I wouldn't make this prediction if AJ didn't lose to Ruiz and had that rematch and fought that Ruiz fight the way that he did. Anthony Joshua has an incredible jab that keeps his opponents at distance and sets up that right hand. Against Andy Ruiz, Ruiz can get close in that rematch because, you know, people say Joshua fought scared. Yeah, he didn't want to put himself into danger again and get clipped. And he put him on the end of the jab for 12 rounds in Saudi Arabia. Like, that's what he did. Usyk's a better bo- boxer than Andy Ruiz. But I think he gets clipped. I think Usyk walks into one on Saturday. And it may not knock him out, but it's going to put him in a hell of a lot of trouble. I'm picking AJ. I'm picking AJ to win this fight. I still think people don't give Anthony Joshua the credit he deserves as a boxer. Even though he lost to Ruiz, shit happens. Heavyweights lose. Tyson Fury's still the class of the division. But I think he does just I think he does enough to be Usyk and kind of impressively, too. And then he wins that fight and he watches the shit out of Wilder Fury. Shit, he probably shows a ringside. That'd be dope. Listen, I'm here for all the shenanigans. Let's get it. I'm going to say that Usyk will make this very competitive. I I think the cards will be debatable. I'm going I, I don't think. He hurts Joshua anything, but I I think it takes Joshua a long time to really figure him out. And then that's going to lead to some wonky cards. I would say Anthony Joshua is going to win a decision. Maybe split, probably unanimous. But I think people are going to be very upset and they're going to leave that thinking Usyk won this fight. And it was given to Joshua and Joshua is not going to look back. It's it's a tough fight. I mean, (laughs) Usyk's undefeated and... You go back and watch the Garcia fight. You you watch, you know, the Tony Bellew fight. He's a great boxer. I'm just, he came in weighed in today. 221 is obviously the heaviest of his career. Joshua weighs 240. One of the lightest of his career. Yeah. But, you know, he's still big as hell, right? It's not like Anthony Joshua, small Anthony Joshua, still big Anthony Joshua. And he's got a lot of power. Like, there's a lot of power. I don't think Usyk's ever been hit by anybody remotely close to that kind of power. So if he if he touches them, then we'll get to see. I do think you're right. I think that we're going to early on in the fight, it's going to be very touch and go. It's going to be like a jab, jab, little jab battle. Usyk trying to find his way inside. 
And then the first person to touch the other person's chin and get a reaction, it's not just the hit, it's the reaction. Is That's when the fight changes. And I think when Joshua touches Usyk's chin with that right hand, the fight's going to change and go in Joshua's favor. I don't think Usyk can stand up to that power. I could be totally wrong. Usyk could, he could be Evander Holyfield. He can move from cruiserweight and just dominate the division. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be something. When you look around and all these years are talking about Wilder, Fury, Joshua, oh my God, and we want hope they all fight each other. And then Usyk just comes and runs through everything. Yes. I mean, that's what Evander did. Evander came in and was like, fuck what y'all talking about. <laughs> <laughs> like, he came in as a cruiserweight and fought everybody. Yep. And just put the paws on people. So it's, it's going to be fun. Fun weekend in combat sports. Let's hit our first break when we come back. You got to talk pro wrestling with a tear in our eye. Um, Because it's going to be, you know, the last time we really get to dive in, dive into pro wrestling for a quick second. Not the last time ever, because, of course, we are always going to talk pro wrestling in some form or fashion, because everything is pro wrestling. Um, But, yeah, no, I mean, for now, though, you know, it's definitely going to be one of those times where, you know, feel a little nostalgic as we go through this final segment. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after this. Hey everyone, it's Lindsay Rhodes, and I've got a new podcast, The NFL Road Show. Fun and kind of nerdy conversation about the NFL every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I've got some amazing guests that are joining me. I'll be breaking the huddle with the top stories, previewing games. We'll get you set for the weekend fantasy with our Fantasy Friday episodes, and we'll answer some of your questions as well. So subscribe to The NFL Road Show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we are back. Time to talk pro wrestling. AEW Grand Slam happened this past week. Uh, it's really just AEW Dynamite, right? Like, if we're just keeping it a buck. Like, the fancy names, they get confusing to me every now and then. But it, it felt like a pay-per-view. If this was like a normal-ass pay-per-view, I would have believed that too. Because it, it was well done throughout. Uh, when I first watched it, I was like, okay, it's kind of up and down. It's hit or miss. But when I calmed down and I watched it along with the reverse Rat Pack group chat and people were like, oh, you're bugging, blah, blah. But when I calmed down off of the moment, I was like, you know what? I was really just comparing everything to the opening match between Brian Danielson and Kenny Omega, which was such a high up that it made me look at everything else like, is this good or isn't it good? Because I left the match between Brian Danielson and Kenny Omega feeling like, I just watched the best television wrestling match I've ever seen. Mm, yeah. Am, um, yeah. Am I off point? Like, is that too? Is that blasphemous? I don't. Th- I don't think it's blasphemous, right? Like, I've seen people get mad and be like, "No, what about um, HBK and Cena?" And I watched it, and I was like, "No, I think this is better." Yeah. Um, I went back and watched it too. I didn't think it was that incredible. No, and you know, some people said HBK and Shelton Benjamin. I was like, "Nope, that was really one really great spot. It was a good match. Don't get me wrong." But that spot like was amazing. The super kick um, off of the when Sheldon flew across the ring, got mm. face kicked off. Great, but not better than this. Um, Angle and Lesnar had an Iron Man match on SmackDown that I always remember. This is one of my favorites. Uh, and there's there's been a few others, too. And then on TV, mm, WCW's has like a few Rey Mysterio matches. But I don't think like I. 
after I've been removed from the moment, let's try to go back and look at other matches. I don't think there's been anything that has been to this level. Like Hogan and Goldberg happened at in uh in Atlanta in a stadium in front of a live crowd. But the match sucked, but it was the, the energy in that arena was incredible. The match was what it was, right? Goldberg squashes Hogan wins the title. Other matches were really good, but the crowd wasn't like as high. This crowd was fucking nuclear. And then you could tell that Brian Danielson and Kenny Omega were both like, we're about to lay it in real thick and stiff. And they beat the shit out of each other for 30 minutes. And it ended in a draw. And some people were mad at that ending in a draw. I'm like, what the fuck are you mad about? <laughs> like, what's wrong with you people? You want to know how I know you don't watch New Japan? That's, that's my right. biggest thing. It's like, no, these things happen. And they make sense. Just because you only watch a, a certain form of wrestling that doesn't recognize time limits at yeah. all. Because all their matches are eight minutes. And I'm not, you know, just shitting on WWE, but that's the truth. Like, they don't have clever ways built in to have good matches that extend feuds. They have to have stupid shenanigans. It's dumb. And we had a match. It was a straight-up match. And it wasn't like, it for me, like, the match was great. But it wasn't like that final series was like a bunch of near falls. It was just them beating the shit out of each other until the bell rang. And it was like, you know, Brian Anderson tried to get in the the label lock, but the bell had already rang. And he was like, fuck it, I'm going to finish it. (laughs) And then they're going to have to pull me off of him. But (laughs) that final 45 seconds, it wasn't like like chain wrestling with a series of near falls. They were just beating the fuck out of each other. And that, some people didn't like that. Some people wanted like I wanted to count them, but it would might have felt too cartoonish because these two were just they were <laughs> yo were fucking each other up. Da- Brian Danielson's chest like hamburger meat, the V trigger from like the free throw line. <laughs> yo, he ran the entire way down the ramp, John Cena style, like when Cena slides in the ring, except just laid out, just mid air, bang, eat this V trigger. Like perfect. I really. I really was trying to find, and I like I was trying to find a good, because AW sends me photos after Dynamite Rampage and the pay-per-views, and I was hoping they had a picture of him doing that flying knee so I could put the Jordan picture next to it and just watch people go nuts. <laughs> the free is the free throw line dunk. Like yep. mother, he jumped and killed him with that knee. I've seen people shit on Kenny Omega's V triggers. No, you shouldn't. Those V triggers are pretty serious. Why they look incredible? They look fantastic. And and Brian Dennis is, I mean. This is, I mean, this is a great match, but I have to ask you because I ask this question all the time: Is it time to talk about Brian Danielson on the goddamn Mount Rushmore of pro wrestlers? You're going to strongly dislike my next statement. Go for it. I don't think you now, especially after seeing this match. I'm not sure you can put Brian Danielson and all his accolades, all the years. I, I don't think you can put him above Kenny Omega if you're doing that. Kenny Omega has the best wrestling match I've ever seen, ever, with my two eyes, ever. Him um, versus Okada 3. Best match I've ever seen. The other two aren't shabby either. Like, so now when you put this, now he has the best television match I've probably ever seen in my life. Not to mention the tag matches. Oh, Golden Lovers, Young Bucks, incredible. 
you could argue it's probably start to finish like a top five, top ten tag match. So before I re- before I retort, wh- where does Kenny Omega right now? You know, you have to give a range. You don't have to give an exact spot. Is he a top ten wrestler of all time in your mind? I gotta ask for another caveat. What? Are we talking just pro wrestler in ring performances? Or are we yes. talking overall? In ring performances, he's the top four wrestler of all time. In ring, bell to bell, Kenny Omega is a top four wrestler of all time. He's on the Mount Rushmore in ring, bell to bell. I mean, I'm putting him, HBK. Um, damn, there's I got it. Heart and Brett, HBK. Uh, maybe Dynamite Kid is up there. Uh, I got to see even more of his shit though. Like. Um, but I mean, people love Die My Kid. I, I was a he who must not be named fan in the ring. He's up there for me. There's you know, there's Eddie Guerrero in ring. Those are guys I, I look at. I'm like, yo, they're they're top four or five of all time. I think Kenny Omega's in that. Daniel Bryan, of course, like Brian Danielson, the American Dragon, is in that realm in ring. The thing that separates them is if you want to say overall professional wrestler. Brian Danielson slash Daniel Bryan is a better overall Mount Rushmore professional wrestler because he had the character to go with it. That yes movement is a top five movement moment, yeslemania in professional wrestling history. And it happened from one of the best wrestlers ever. You don't get that mix too often. You're one or the other. He's on the, yes, he's getting close to the Mount Rushmore. Yes. Him, Hart. Sean, in mind, I mean, I, The Rock is amazing on the mic. He can't wrestle like this. You put The Rock, Austin, Cena, give him one of the other spots. But yeah, Daniel Bryan is working his way into that, into that mold. His heel work, incredible. Two years as a heel. With the, with the crazy vegan championship. His character work is A+. plus. Yeah, man. I got to – overall, yes, you're correct. Overall, he's getting into the Mount Rushmore conversation. If not, he's already there. Um, in-ring, purely, Kenny Omega, I think, in-ring might be a better rope-to-rope Bella Bell wrestler now than the American Dragon has been in his career. All right. So, uh, took you a while to get to that answer. Long way so, um, I gotta make yo people kill me. You be setting me up. People be killing me online. I gotta make sure I close all the loopholes. So the short answer is yes. We need to have this conversation. The long answer is here's the reason why. We just watched 40 year old Brian Danielson, who has been in the WWE for how many years now? I mean, how long was he in the WWE for? And 2011, right? Mm. Was 2011? 2011 through 2021, because, I mean, he was at Mania. Okay. So, it was 2009 he signed with WWE. From 2009 to 2021, he was in the business of, quote-unquote, sports entertainment. Prior to that, he was the best wrestler on the planet. Right? There, people called him he, he was PWI's, like, number one wrestler, top 500 wrestlers. He was the 
most lauded independent wrestler to ever come to the WWE. When he came in with NXT with The Miz. It caused so much controversy because people who watched Brian Danielson were pissed off. One, that they changed his name. Two, he got paired with the fucking Miz. He could have he should have been dead on arrival because he shouldn't have made it that far, given what the landscape of the WWE was at the time. But we as independent fans, for someone like myself who watched him in Ring of Honor, I didn't even watch all the PWG stuff till later, but I watched a lot of Ring of Honor shit. We knew that this was like this was the independent darling. Like I said, everything is pro wrestling, but like hip hop is the same thing. He was the epitome of a like the underground rapper who can hang with anybody. And he signed to this big company and people thought he was going to get cooked because they weren't ready for him. And what did he do? He became one of their biggest fucking stars. Not only did he become one of their biggest stars, but he bust the walls down for what NXT is today. Wouldn't be there if it wasn't for him and CM Punk. Independent wrestlers wouldn't even be sought out if it wasn't for Daniel Bryan and CM Punk or Brian Danielson and CM Punk. Yeah. Then, to take it a step further, he, he was so good that the Yes Movement was created as a response to him not getting pushed because we knew how good he was. It wasn't like, like you take The Rock or you take some of these other wrestlers and they, got, they were like super protected. Like If you look at Stone Cold Steve Austin's record, he's one of the most protected wrestlers of all time. Like, he just never lost clean, right? But that was, like, by design. He was super over, don't get me wrong. He was a tremendous talent. But he got over because they protected him. Brian Danielson had protection. He didn't come in with, like, we got to protect this guy. He's super over. He was the revolution that they had to adapt to. And because of him and what he accomplished at his size, I know people talk about Rey Mysterio, but Rey Mysterio was more like, the luchador, like the small guy, like this is fun type shit. And yeah, he won the title, but Brian Danielson shouldn't have made it. And he did. And the Adam Coles and the Johnny Garganos and all the wrestlers you see today, the Sami Zayn's and the Kevin Owens, and they're all because of him and CM Punk. Now, you take what he did in ROH, and if you haven't, go watch the Nigel McGuinness matches. Go watch the Austin Aries matches in Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. Go watch any of his matches. Then you come back and then you go, oh, shit. Because there was no internet like that at the time where you could watch everything that we're watching now. But go back and watch those matches and watch how good he was. And he adapted to the style that was WWE and he became champion. And he he became an independent wrestler that was like, he can't cut a promo. And he became one of the best promos in the biz. Let's take it a step further. Not only that, Kofi Mania doesn't happen without Daniel, Daniel Bryan. I will call him Daniel Bryan because he's in WWE at the time. <laughs> Kofi Mania doesn't happen without him. It doesn't. Because it was Daniel Bryan's fucking idea to put Kofi over. And when, we're t- and when I'm saying pro wrestler, I'm talking about the package. And this is why I say we need to talk about him being on that Mount Rushmore. Because character, he has smoked it. He has come back from a career-ending injury and he's smoking it again. Like he left concussions. Remember the concussions? It was he was done. He wins the Intercontinental title, WrestleMania 31, in a ladder match. And we were like, the only reason they're giving the Intercontinental title is because they can't rely on him. He gets injured again. 
Gets to call it a career. Everybody cries. He comes back, tags with Shane. All right, whatever. But then he's working. He becomes heel Daniel Bryan with the beard and the, the hemp title. He's incredible in this role. Has these matches with Styles. That are incredible. He puts Kofi over. Now, you look ahead a little bit more. He has a fantastic match with Adam Cole on SmackDown. Who else is going to give Adam Cole a match like that on SmackDown? Nobody else. He's injected into a WrestleMania match that he didn't want to fucking be in. And he smoked it with Edge and Roman Reigns. Yeah. A good match. Good match. Phenomenal match. Smoked it. Then he goes, you know what? I've been here for a really long time. I'm 40 years old. I've got my strength back. I can wrestle again. I need to leave and remind these motherfuckers how good I am, but not by just reminding them, by being a part of something new. And he says, you know what? I want to wrestle Kenny Omega to remind you motherfuckers how good I am. And he goes out there and has a 30-minute draw with Omega that we're talking about as the best TV match of all time. We're talking about this, and some people are calling it match of the year, right? Even though I still think Lucha Bros and Young Bucks and Dragonov and Walter <laughs> are the two front runners right now, but this match is being talked about. I, I, we have to have this conversation because it wasn't like Brian Danielson was in WCW and wasn't that great, and then just like showed up and then they figured it out. They gave him the right character and it worked, right? It wasn't like that. It wasn't like The Rock, whether Rocky Maivia, because if you really think about it, The Rock's run wasn't really that long. Austin's run wasn't really that long at the top. No, nah, it's not two decades. No, Brian Danielson is still fucking here smoking shit. The best, one of the best independent wrestlers of all time comes to WWE, defies all of the odds, becomes champion, creates a movement that ends up on like fucking ESPN, helps put over the first African born champion in Kofi Mania, does all this shit, says, you know what? I'm going to go work for the other company. And I'm going to show you what I can do because I'm a pro wrestler and smokes it. We got to have a conversation. Y'all can talk about Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart and all that shit all you want. Because I agree. They're, they're at the top of the food chain when it comes to this shit. But if we're not talking about Daniel Bryan being somewhere near that, you know, like we talk about Jericho and his reinvention. And we talk about because he's deserving. We talk about Kurt Angle being a phenomenal wrestler and his, his impact run, his TNA run. Perk Angle was incredible. He's in this conversation. Brian Danielson has to be in this conversation. He hasn't failed yet. Nah, it's, this is third act. And he's killing uh, everyone else had two, right? Like every, like Brett kind of had two, like two and a possible. I, I can't find his stuff before WWE to tell you what he was doing, but the mid card, IC title bangers, Brett had mixed with his tag stuff. And then world champion, Brett. Uh, Sean had, you know, sexy boy Sean, and then I found God Sean. Two great acts. Daniel Bryan, this is his third. It's his third decade. It was American Dragon, Yes Movement, AEW. Now, this this is stupid. Like this is stupid. I'm looking at this accolades. 2006 to 2010, Wrestling Observer Newsletter had him as the most outstanding wrestler for all four of those years. He was the most outstanding wrestler of the decade from 2000 to 2009. This is before he shows up in WWE. We're going to have a conversation. 
<laughs> like we gotta talk about it because if he had that match with Kenny and was like ah it's okay I'm I still talk about it but I wouldn't talk about it as much but now that we just watched this fucking match and people are talking about it the, the way that they are like I don't know man there's a part of me that I think that Kenny kind of looks around and is like man who can hang with me who can like Okada Okada's another person we gotta talk about is one of the, the best ever but who can hang with me like Okada and he got that match with Ray Phoenix He's he had you know he's had some solid matches, but I don't think anybody's pushed him like Brian did. They beat the fuck out of each other for thirty minutes. Yeah, they wanted that. Like that was that was one of those. This is what I came for. That's and hmm. it's it's gonna be interesting, and I love it because they're gonna do it again. Maybe not tomorrow. Maybe not next week. Not five times in a row. Like may have happened in a different company, but maybe five months, six months down the road. It's going to happen again, and it's going to be great. And Daniel Bryan might lose because he, he doesn't could. need the belt. He doesn't care. He doesn't care. Like, <laughs> so the intrigue is there. It's, Dude, it's great. I mean, we're going to go down the rest of the car, and, and, you know, we're recording the show before Rampage, so that kind of sucks. We don't get to see CM Punk work Will Hobbs. Yo, what Punk and Bryan have done in their careers, like Punk working Will Pow- Powerhouse Hobbs is incredible. Because he could go, he could come in with an ego and go, man, I just want to work all the top guys. Bucks, blah, blah, blah. I want to title. No, he's working Hobbs. Somebody who we all look at is like, that could be the guy. Yes, he's very, please. He's very please. young, very green. I mean, he's not Ricky Starks. I, I think this gets us to Ricky Starks. I'm telling you this right now. I think whatever happens with Hobbs and Punk, it ends with Ricky Starks. I like it because I just want – I don't care what a Punk-Ricky Starks match looks like in the ring. I just need three to four weeks of them going back and forth on the mic. Yeah. but That's I, what I want. <laughs> I think Punk looks at Hobbs as like, I need to give him a rub because he's really good. And I know he, I, he's got to look at Starks as like, oh, I got to work him. I think him and Brian are both at a stage in their careers where it's not about like being champ or winning. They want to help. They yeah. want to put people over. They want to have fun. Yeah. They want to have fun. No like, pressure. None. Like, who cares? Like, there's not pressure to sell. There's no merch. You know, there's there's no, what, 182 dates a year. No. Show up. Wrestle. Pick who you're going to wrestle. Have some fun. And get paid while doing it. And, by the way, all the other stuff ends up happening anyway. Yeah, the butts in the seats, the merch, the the more ratings. It's just a byproduct of having fun, and I, I think that's of, of everything that's missing in the WWE and anything that may be a downfall. And I don't listen. Ratings, ratings are different, right? It's like arguing Billboard chart ratings. Now, like, yeah, oh, their ratings keep dipping. Yes, because there's more and more over the top platforms people can watch on. Television ratings are just one ad revenue cool so they lose a demo for two weeks in a row do you understand how much money they make off of ads on peacock or do you understand they could lose the demo every week to AEW, and what they make off of their youtube ad revenue is bigger than any ad sales AEW has right now on tnt yeah it's so still a comp- it's, it's still a competition yeah like, but i'm no. just saying like if we're talking ad revenue money because people use demos Demo, you want to use demos, not total people? Cool. What are demos used for? It's for ad sales. You want to talk ad sales? They have 
third biggest YouTube in the world. You're good. They are good on ad revenue. So demos, give a fuck about demos at this point. But what they are missing in terms of a product and why the product has slipped, why the overall number has slipped, the hell with the demo, that the attendance is still strong because it's a good live show. But what they are missing is talent having fun. And that's the key. It comes across because that would elevate them even higher. If the talent just had fun, if stuff just made sense, the talent don't got to win. Just don't change shit two days before the match. You 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 asked for a whole lot. You know, like just just let them have fun. I just saw this, the the house run, the house show run in Europe where I'm not sure who was watching them, but like Kevin Owens is over there. um, Finn is over there. They drew Mac. It looked like they had a blast. Nakamura. It's like, yo, we're just going to go do these shows for fans that really care. Not that all fans don't, but like these European fans are like diehard fans. We're going to have matches that are just fun matches. We're going to be goofy and, you know, be with the boys, you know, be with the girls, and it's going to be fun. Then they're going to have to come back to reality, come back to TV and be like, I got to wrestle the same fucking person on SmackDown for six weeks in a row. (laughs) That's not fun. Thanks. Thanks. Uh, So, yeah, it's... It's ridiculous. They just need to get back to having fun. Um, real quick, running down the rest of this card, because this is a long-ass show already. Um, MJF versus Brian Pillman Jr. I, I like the crowd signs. MJF yeah. as a character is just great. The match didn't really do anything for me, um, but I MJF's parents being there, it's like, I hate him too. Like, all that shit is great. We don't even know if this is real parents. I don't know if that's his real parents. I just they might have worked me. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, if anybody hasn't read it yet, like my when I hung out with MJF for three days, like I didn't know if I was getting worked or not. <laughs> I couldn't figure it out. And I put it in the story because I was like, I don't know if any of this is real or not. But the fact that he's committed to the gimmick says a lot. The yeah, you're right. The match was it was whatever. Pillman's fine. He's not like he's not like a top guy. MJF can work. He's not a, a, what is it, Braun Breaker? Hey, look, man. They need to call that motherfucker Ricky Scott Steiner because, yo. Rex Steiner was a perfect name for him. But I don't care what you call him. That motherfucker got it. He's a Steiner. Like, we haven't really talked about NXT, but dude. Yo, his voice when he cut that promo. I was like, yo, Rick. Rick and Scott together? Like, (laughs) God. Got a 33 and a third chance. Of beating me and Champa. If he would have said that, I would have popped so crazy. Yeah, oh, my God. But no, that kid got it. In the ring, on the mic, he got it. He's. Got, I mean, look, we'll talk about NXT in a second. Don't he rush was, him. Don't bring him to the main roster too fast. No, don't, don't do that. Like, they, they could really fumble the bag. But pure talent, yeah, he got it. Yeah, I'd like to see him work some more, but, you know, we'll figure it out. Um, But the AEW Grand Slam show overall was a good show. And uh, oh my god, wait, Malachi Black and Cody Rhodes is next on this list. Hey man, look, Cody, somebody said he's uh, he's not Captain America, he's Homelander. For anybody who watches the boys, I saw that on Twitter. I don't know who said SRS, it. I think. Was it? Was it yeah, Sean? I think it was Sean. Um, accurate, right? The thing about Homelander is like, yeah, he knows he's a douchebag, but at least we could watch a TV show to figure out that he's a douchebag, right? He's a piece of shit. 
Whereas Cody is still trying to convince us he's a babyface, and maybe, maybe they start leaning into it now. It feels like it's possible. The arm bump was really weird. The match wasn't all that great. Oh, Brandy doing the cross leg thing yeah. in the ring with Malachi Black, and then flipping him off. I was like, please, just hit her with a black mask. Um, I mean, you know, she Malachi came out was- by herself. So it was like it, it looked like they were trying to give her a pop. Yeah, and like, no, no one reacted. No, it's like. Somebody has to talk to Cody and Brandy about their position in the company because Cody, you're a heel. You get far more reactions as a heel when you work as a heel. You're not a good baby face worker at all. No, as a heel, you're effective. Like when you were in the whole Bullet Club thing, that was effective work. But as a baby face and trying to convince people to like you, doesn't work. Same with you, Brandy. It don't work at, on any level. Like it doesn't work with Brandy at all. So this match was what it was. I just hope it's leading to something. Like, because that, that crowd didn't give a fuck about Cody or Brandy. They were hot for Malachi Black, who has an incredible interest again. <laughs> like oh, this guy all has, the time. He's <laughs> great interests, but you know. Listen, I told you there's people learn a lot in NXT. It's it's never gonna go backwards from that. The the eye makeup changing, I don't understand yet, but I feel like there's going to be something. I'm sure there is. All right. Like, shout out to Justin Ivy in the group chat. And he was like, yo, I really hope this is him being possessed by this, like, whatever spirit Malachi Black is. And that, like, if he turns babyface, he'll be Tommy End. And, like, the makeup would go and the eye would go. And it's really just him being possessed more and more every week. I was like, yo, that'd be so fucking dope. Like, yeah. like I'm here for all of that. Uh, but Justin also has impact brain. He creates all this really cool shit just off of off of that you need anything created that's like magical mystical justin ivy's your guy um ftr versus sting the match didn't do much for me but i agree with many people the ending was dope having sting um in the scorpion death locking in the scorpion death lock and then darby allen doing the coffin drop to get i don't know hardwood or wheeler i don't know which one is which um you know, to prevent them from making the save. I thought that was cool. Some people have, you know, problems with Sting continuously going over on talent when he's 70 years old. Uh, I don't think it's necessary, but I mean, if you're going to let the man wrestle full ass matches and he can go like this, you know what? He can go over then. What am I supposed to say? Like he shouldn't be moving this well anyway. Fuck it. Let him get the pin or the sub or whatever you want to do. I mean, it's, you know, here's my thing about Sting. Sting is here as kind of like a special attraction. The fact that he's he's not here to, again, another guy, not here to win a title, not here for any of that shit. Just here to work. And it's like, give the fans what they want. Nobody, like, nobody want to see Triple H go over and Sting at WrestleMania. At all. People want, to, people want to see Sting win with Darby. Now, eventually they'll lose. It's not like Sting's worked like 20 matches and he's like undefeated. But, you know. Dickie is undefeated, not not 20 matches. But that's what I'm saying. It's not like it's 20 matches. It's like him and Darby, they worked, uh, you know, Taz's crew. They did this match. Like, what else have they really done to even have this complaint yet? Nothing. They got, they got beef with, I don't know, fucking, what is his name? The Scorpio Sky and, and Ethan, whatever. Yeah, I mean, they, you know, they may have a few with them. I, if, but Sting going over is not something that bothers me. At all. And this match in particular was like, oh, this is a pretty good match. Like in terms of just watch this thing work. 
just watch this thing be able to do his thing. And got to give FTR credit because they, they worked a very Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard style that fit this kind of a match because of the history was Sting and obviously with the Horsemen. So was it a barn burner? No, I enjoyed the finish. Darby Allen's a fucking lunatic. Um, but other than that, yeah, I just thought it was, it was fun. The crowd was, again, you're working this crowd of 20,000 people at Arthur Ashe Stadium. They don't want the bullshit. I don't want it. Like, they, they just wanted that guy to win, and they got it. So who cares? Stop complaining. Yeah, the main event, Britt Baker, Ruby Soho. It's pretty that was cool. Yeah. Yeah, like, I thought it was pretty good. It's all right. Good was, way to get to the finish. Yeah. There was, uh, was kind of a lot of nonsensical uh, distractions throughout the night. Which felt weird. Like people got distracted by like the smallest shit all night. But outside of that, like I, I thought they worked really well. At times the pace slowed a little bit, but they brought it right back. I, I thought it was a fine main event, and I like that the women got the main event. So yeah, cool. Yeah, I, I was cool with it. Um, the distractions I felt, I like. I get what you're saying. I think what they what they're trying to do is like, how do we? We need to fucking make Brit heal. How do we do this? <laughs> yeah. It's just nonsensical distractions at times, though. Like, why isn't she even paying attention to that right now? I don't now? know. Like, it's like, why are you watching Rebel again? Like, yeah, like, like, but it's like they're in this tough spot. Like, you turned her heel. You realize that she's super over as a heel. And now you got to try to, like, how? I'll give the WWE credit for this. They are finding ways to make people dislike Becky Lynch. You have to do the same thing with Britt. Yes, yes, yes. I like the Becky Lynch outfits, though. They're very yeah. asshole-ish. She, she is obnoxious. female set. <laughs> They're fucking obnoxious. And again, yeah. as we get to Extreme Rules, look, Becky being a heel, don't have a problem with it. I think it's smart. I think she's a good heel. Did she have to beat Bianca Belair to get the title in order to do this? No. no. Not in that fashion. No. They didn't have to do this. She could have challenged her and snuck her one, like just punched her in the face and dip, and people were like, ooh, but to change the title, they need to do all that. There's ways to turn Becky heel. But what they're doing right now with Becky is they found ways, and Becky's really good at cutting a promo, and Bianca's like, white me baby face. Hey, this works. They gotta find, they need to find somebody to do that with, with Britt Baker, because she's just, she's way too over. Way too yeah. over. No, I, I 100% agree on that. And then um, no, I guess that was the end of the show. We haven't watched Friday night show. Let's hit our final break. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit main roster. We'll talk about Raw that had an amazing main event that we touched on earlier. And then just preview the pay-per-view and whatever's announced for it so far um, before we get out of here. Don't go anywhere. A little more wrestling to come. We'll get right back to the show in a second, but first, the wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be able to be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads to totals to teams, player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, divisions, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts.
All right, we're going to wrap this up because uh, we didn't mean for this to be like a three-hour show. <laughs> I think we're about to hit the two-hour mark here in a second. Dre, first things first, Ric Flair, dark side of the ring, plane ride from hell. We're not even going to talk really Tommy Dreamer, who for some reason just acted a ass and cost himself a ton of money and gigs and I don't know when he's coming back. Just apologize, sir. He's been doubling down, like trying to protect the boys or the industry. Like this ain't 1992. Get the hell out of here. Um, but Ric Flair himself, and it's crazy. I just want to I want to know your opinion of why. Because I think it's justified, but why does it hit how it hit now in comparison to the other million times we've seen these stories told? about him on planes and helicoptering and being naked. I mean, WWE put out a cartoon and it was like jokingly saying all of this. What, what has changed? Uh, you have the, the victim speaking. That's what's changed. Plane ride from hell story has always been told from a pro wrestler perspective. And haha, funny. Ric Flair whipped his dick out. He he ha ha. But the person who had to see that shit and isn't part of this business and doesn't know what the boys do or whatever the fuck she told her story. That's what made it more horrifying because yeah, the, you know, WWE can tell stories about Rick and him exposing himself and, you know, camp WWE and all that shit. They can do that because it's through their lens. It's not as offensive when you tell it through the boys lens because the boys look at it like Tommy dreamer. Oh, it wasn't a big deal. Yeah. But then she's like, yeah, like think about it. And I've heard, you know, there's two sides of this. There's one side where the business was the business back then. It's things like this happen. Okay. I hear you. Does that make it okay? Is the question. No. Now times have changed, right? It's like the N word. Like people just run around saying the N word crazy once upon a time, but eventually you got to go. Yeah, we probably shouldn't have done that and apologize and move the fuck on. I, I've always had a problem with like the whole canceling thing. I don't believe in canceling somebody because of what they did. I believe that the issue is, are they accountable for what they did and how did they respond to what they did? Mm. If I was a racist white man in the fifties and it's 2021 and you call me on my shit and was like, Hey man, you called, you called that, you know, him a nigger. And you told him that he couldn't you know eat here. And I go, well, that's what the time was. It's okay. And I don't say anything else. That's because you probably still think that way. But if you go, yeah, I did do that. It is fucked up. And I was wrong. And I'll never let something like that happen again. That was a learning moment for me. Times were different that back then. It was okay for me to do that to a certain group of people. But now that I've gotten older and matured, I've realized I can't do shit like that to people. That's wrong. That's all you got to fucking say. Why do people continue to defend what they did? Just say, I fucked up. I shouldn't be whipping my dick out to <laughs> flight attendants on the airplane. Tommy Dreamer, that's <laughs> your friend. What are you doing? Hey, I didn't see him sexually assault her. No, no, no. This is, this is sexual assault, Tommy. Times have changed. And then don't do, give me the whole, you know, I might get canceled because of my hair. No, nope, don't minimize it. Nope. Rick was wrong for what he did. And the sooner that you go, yeah, man, a lot of us were wrong. And from my perspective, I can't speak for them. I apologize. 
That's it. That's all you got to do. Not double down. Don't be a dickhead. Like, hey, man, Kel, you, you should know this very well. We used derogatory terms about gay people for years when we were kids. No, horribly. In and the halo online days, it was, it was ugly. Anybody who says they didn't, I'm like, you're a liar. And one day, you might get called to that. And you know what I'll say? Yeah, I did it. I apologize. And I don't do it now, and I'll never do it again. Yep. That's it. That's it. Instead of going, well, you, you know, you're still acting like a pansy or whatever it is, and that's how it was, and, you know, the world has changed. I'm so sick of the world changing. No, it's wrong. It was wrong when we did it when we were kids. It's wrong now. So, Rick, you're old. You shouldn't be on Twitter anyway. I don't know who the fuck's managing your account. You, you like put up these things like defending yourselves. Like, stop, man. Stop. Like, we grew up liking Ric Flair. Don't make me really not like you. Cut it out. <laughs> Please. Please. It's not, it's not going in your favor, Rick. So, yeah, that's one thing I want to talk about there because we couldn't just skip over that. But then we have Raw. Raw was actually decent this week. It was. It's mainly because we started off. With the Bloodline versus New Day, which they advertised the f- previous Friday, so people actually knew to tune in. Unlike Big E, just saying, "Yo, I'm cashing in tonight." <laughs> right. Uh, so they gave it a proper build, and the match delivered and ended in a way where it was like, "Oh shit!" You know what? I kind of want to see. I want to see what's next. It didn't ruin the Bloodline versus New Day angle that could be moving forward. I thought it was dope. Um, I said on Twitter, I was like, I didn't need this match now. I kind of still stand by it. Kind of. Then I watched it and I was like, oh, this is really good. Right. But we knew it was going to be good. It was, I don't think it was anybody denied it. I just felt like it was like, it's like a, we got to compete against Monday Night Football and AEW is trying to pop another rating on us. So we got to do something because there's really no rhyme or reason for it to happen on Raw. But they did it and it was still fun. So this has nothing to do with anybody that was in the match. I thought it was. Bobby Lashley, the way they handled him was really good. Like he came and he fucked everybody up. That's what he should do. Yep. You know, yeah, he of course he's gonna get the pin, right? Like Roman's indestructible. But because he didn't beat Bobby, you can still go back to that and say, hey, you didn't beat me one-on-one. If you go back to it. The concern is do they go back to this? The term let it play out has become a WWE thing because <laughs> people say it all the time and then nothing happens jeff hardy beat carrying cross let it play out he'll get that one back word at me though <laughs> yeah no nah, i mean listen i live by that Obviously, but, but, so, but a lot of people said it a lot it's not this day keith lee he beat randy orton oh man he's gonna be pushing this card and then he's not and then you go let it play out now he's bearcat keith lee and we don't see him on goddamn tv you know i don't mind the bearcat i've learned a history lesson of the bearcats in professional wrestling I get it. Yeah, but will it translate? Is the question is will it translate? But the, ultimately, the and I feel is, like that might be an answer to the whole yo they they're trying to trademark my name, ID my name, so they they got to transfer to something. So it's Bearcat Keith Lee. Maybe it'll just be Bearcat Lee eventually. But it's one of those things where all right, cool, you're letting the man keep his damn name. I think so. The, the issue isn't the match itself because it was great. The triple threat was great. The issue is, well, are you going to do this again? Not you should. Is you absolutely should. I mean, the reality is, if you want to fantasy book this thing, 
Lastly realizes like, yo, these two posses are ganging up on me. Survivor Series. Let me get the Hurt Business back together. Let's Please. Do th- <laughs> let's do a triple threat Survivor Series elimination style. Because there's, let's be real. There's really no reason for them to do Roman versus E because there's no stakes in that match. Roman can't lose. E can't afford to lose. He just became champion. So how do you get out of this match? That's difficult. Champion, there's no stakes. You, in my opinion, what could have been done, y'all let me know if you dig this or not, is bring the Hurt Business back together, right? Well, if you don't, whatever. But you bring the Hurt Business back together and you do a triple threat and the stakes are, the stakes should have been who gets the number one draft pick. That would have been good. Because now the, the draft means something. The winner means something. And it matters. Like, even if you don't put the Hurt Business, if you do the New Day versus the Bloodline, and the winning team in an elimination-style match, and the way you get out of this is E and Roman eliminate each other on some count-out, some goofy shit, and then you leave Woods and the Usos and Kofi to, to their own devices. That's how you get out of either of those guys getting pinned. But you put something on the line in Survivor Series. Otherwise, brand supremacy after a draft is stupid. Because the guy was just on SmackDown last week. Now he's like, yeah, I'm Team Raw. Get the fuck out of here. Nobody cares. <laughs> yeah, it makes no sense. No, but ulti- that's the only question. Do they go back to it? They have to. They should at Survivor Series. Last, you should get Cedric and Shelton, who clearly aren't doing shit, but chasing Reginald around. They should be in the Hurt Business again. And we should, like, let's do it. A triple threat match. And if Lashley wins, he gets to pick which title he fights for. Or some shit like that. Yeah, I don't know. It could be so subtle. Like, I just, just imagine them coming into Raw next week. You see Lashley in the locker room. He's sitting there. He's just like, can't believe I took the pin. You know, something needs to change. I've been losing too much. I've been pinned by Roman. I've been pinned by E. What? Something needs to change. And then just MVP opens the locker and the suit is there. And you just see three suits in the locker. And it's just people will go crazy. Of course they will. Like, come on. It's so simple. It's, it's good television. Just make good television. Well, that's your issue. Your if, issue you're, a lot. if you're not going to be a pro wrestling company, just make good television. Yeah, they don't really like doing that, do they? No, they, they do not. Um, let me pull up WWE Extreme Rules, see what we have from that, see what the rundown is looking like. Because, again, everyone's been on, like, this UK tour for the past week and a half. So it's weird because they really haven't built much of Extreme Rules. No, or, it's like they invested so much into Raw. It's like you look at Extreme Rules and like, why is this happening? Yep. So we have Damian Priest versus Jeff Hardy and Sheamus, which I guess they have been building ooh, on ooh, Raw. Oh, wait. Hold on. Hold on. Extreme Rules, right? The pay-per-view is called Extreme Rules. Where's the Extreme Rules match? It's oh, the well, Reigns and Balor that's match? It. That is it. Really? <laughs> I mean, there's, anyway. there's, there's no DQs in a triple threat match. So, sure. Knock yourself out. I'm just saying, Street Rules, you like a ladder match, some some yeah. wild shit. I, I hate these thing pay-per-views. Anyway, go ahead. Makes no sense. Shit just had King of the Ring. But Damian Priest, Jeff Hardy, Sheamus. What? I mean, Je- Jeff Hardy takes the pin from Priest, right? Like, fuck it. Why is he in I, this match? I don't know. I like Priest, though. Priest is growing on me. Yeah, Priest is fun, but why is Jeff Hardy in this match? I don't, I don't know. He was just losing. Priest does this. Um, the best case scenario is Priest wins, and then you have like Karrion Cross come out, choke the shit out of him, and start a feud. Yeah. Okay. 
maybe. But not not in the S&M gear. Well, normal, normal gear. <laughs> normal clothes? I don't I don't know. Not not yeah. S&M cross. Yeah, so. Either way, either way Damian Priest is winning this match. There's there's like really no reason for him to, to do lose. anything else. No. Yeah. Um Charlotte versus Alexa. You know what? Fuck it. Get, just give Alexa the belt so we can blow through this phase and then she can lose and then you can remember that the fiend is gone and this makes no sense. But they'll give the belt to Alexa so they can sell more dolls. It's Halloween time, so they're going to sell Lily dolls with little Lily belts on them. Um, yeah. If she's not going to win at Halloween, then she ain't never winning. Well, then maybe she's not ever winning. I don't think they're going to take the title off of Charlotte again already. You see how quickly they moved off of Nikki? Quick fast. They were just like, hey, let's just throw them in a tag team and have them win the titles. And then... I mean, I didn't mind that either, though. Here's why I minded it. I thought Shotzi and Tegan were supposed to get a shot at this shit. Yeah, I don't know what happened to them. I just gave up. Tells you how haphazard the booking is in WWE. Quick. Here today, gone tomorrow. So that's... That's, I don't know. Becky Lynch, Bianca next. I mean, God, logically, you just can't take the title back from Becky this quick, right? Because that's the end yeah. of the feud. Like, yeah, yeah, you got to chase some more. Becky, yeah. the first one wasn't a real match. Becky really got to cheat to win this one. Yeah, Feet on the ropes, have, something. We got to have straight shenanigans this match, like straight shenanigans have to yeah. happen. Um, yeah. Pull the braid on some dirty shit, like use the braid to tie her up or something. Something. Like, false pin. Something because the other issue that they have right now, and it's kind of the issue that AEW has had, is like, well, what's next for either of them, right? Like, if 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 you end if you were to end this feud for whatever reason in the next thirty days, there's really nowhere to go, because I hope that the plan has been Naomi's joining the bloodline because she ain't getting no goddamn help to get a match. Yeah, I would hope that's the plan, but I don't know. But other than that, who's on SmackDown is worth worth even caring about. Nothing. I mean, the draft will come up by the end of this, so you got to shake shit around. Like, okay. Oscar got to go somewhere. Like, Oscar got to go SmackDown. This got to go there. Like, you got to move some stuff around. I forgot she's on the goddamn roster. I haven't seen her in weeks. <laughs> That's a damn shit. Uh, then we <laughs> got she was on the roster. Um, Usos versus Street Profits. I, I didn't I love, know this was happening. I love this match. I so. <laughs> When I say things like I don't need them to see them interact every week before they have a match, like physically, that's true. But goddamn, can y'all cut a promo or something on each other? Something. Acknowledge it. Uh, man, because this is a hell this is a hell of a match. Yeah, great match. Uh I just don't see the Usos losing. Not yet. It's too early for that. But yeah. I would like for this to continue. Oh, definitely. Um Liv Morgan versus Carmella. I a, that's a pre-show match, right? Why is this match happening? I don't know. And someone who's in Liv Morgan's corner. Someone's in her corner. Someone is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it was Liv and someone versus Carmella and someone. And then we ended up getting a one-on-one. Woof. Uh, oh, um, what's your face who debuted? Uh, oh, Tony Storm. Tony, Tony Storm. Storm who debuted like two months ago and then did absolutely nothing why did you debut her that makes no sense like and and what everything that i just said you could have been building tony Storm this whole fucking time you could no have been building her as a heel the whole fucking time i mean 
in kind of a similar fashion that you know uh uh god damn Britt baker is like her your little squad like i wouldn't mind tony storm with becky no yeah the nxt has a nice little crew going yeah yeah i mean uh, a, a women's crew so ugh. yeah but live morgan and carmella what yeah, y'all are really grasping at straws here. Live better when. Like that's it. Like, cool. It means um, nothing for either of them. Means nothing for anyone watching. Then main event, Roman Reigns versus the demon. Hey, I called. I told you this was gonna happen. You did. You did. It's time for the demon to lose. Exactly. Cool. That's it. I just want to see the entrance. I mean, they're they're I don't again, it goes back to this like long-term booking thing. I don't know if they've been thinking about it. But you're building Roman up that whoever goes over on him better be special. Bearcat. Stop. <laughs> no. 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 I, I, mean, I, can beat I, I, I mean, we'll see, man. The Bearcat thing might end up being goofy, right? Like, I don't know how they're going to handle this. No, I, did. I don't know. But I'm saying, like, Roman is going to go over on the demon because that's it. Like, Balor showed up. Balor's probably in the spot where he doesn't care. He's like cashing his check and like I'm cool. I just do what I want. Yeah, he's chilling. He yeah. just got married. He yeah. not a happy ton man. of dates right now. Yeah, like it's fine. Yeah, he's happy. So Roman should beat him because nobody's beat the demon. Roman's like indestructible. But you're just building it to a point where it's like I hopefully they've been putting thought into this, saying all right, Roman's got to lose sometime. Maybe it's next year at WrestleMania. But in the interim, while we're figuring this out. We need to start building somebody to beat Roman. And a lot of people thought it was going to be E. Yeah. It's not. No. I, I, I wouldn't mind the idea of Finn, but you got to figure out a way to get a screw finish where the demon doesn't get pinned clean. It's just, it, it's tough. It's tough. I mean, Bell's going to have a good match with him, and Roman's going to go over, and Roman's going to talk his shit. I'm just... I think, I think this will be a really good match. I don't think there's any doubt about it. These guys are going to throw it down um i just don't know where you go from here yeah, i guess we'll, we'll figure it out i mean we'll yeah. figure it out but for, for now this is a pretty good um match on a whatever pay-per-view to me give, the, give me good matches let's start there then yeah. work on giving me good television and, and, and then we'll start taking next steps like let's one thing at a time just give me good matches the yeah, bar good. is so low and it's so it's so strange because they're doing this paper well network special whatever the fuck you call these things, and the next one is Crown Jewel, which means we're gonna get all the bullshit. Yeah, you know what I want. Tell E get on the phone, make the call. I mean, you you would think that, but they the, the Lashley's door is still wide open after him fucking terrorizing his son. Yeah, so what? Goldberg. I, know. I mean. Fucking Brock came back. I thought Brock was coming back for the program. It looks like he might have just came back just for Saudi. Yeah, I mean he did. A dude, you get when they can smell that Saudi bag coming. Like when oh, Saudi easy. bag is coming and you start seeing these old hair show, like yo, yo you ain't yo. leaving. I ain't leaving those millions on the table. Yeah, I'm ready to work again, boss. And then they be <laughs> gone real quick. So we, oh, we know what it is. Yeah, we know so, what it is. Uh, no, we'll we'll see what. You know how everything plays out from here on. We appreciate everyone's support. The next show you guys will hear is from Blue Wire Studios in the wind. Looking forward to Sunday. We'll see what <laughs> see what the topic is when we get there, depending on how everything plays out this weekend. We appreciate you. Follow us on social media at corner podcast underscore on Twitter 
at Corner Club for Life on Instagram. Follow me at Cal Dansby, him at Andreas Hale on all platforms. Shout out to Blue Eye of the Network for coming through. It's uh, looking forward to, to the changes um, that are right around the corner at this point. And shout out to all of the sponsors. Thank you guys for all your support, six and a half years of it. And look, listen, it, it this isn't the end. This is the beginning. So we're taking this and we're running with it. We appreciate it. It's all because of you. Until next time, though, we're out. Peace. On the